Fiona, welcome. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. After last week's failed test below 65, crude seems comfortably back above uh, those July lows. What do you see weighing on price as we come off the highs from around 77 we saw earlier this summer? Hey, Ben, always great to, to join you. Yeah, look, crude did take a, a bit of a battering last week, and we, we've seen a, a slight recovery there. There's a few things on the go. I do think there's growing concern re regarding uh, the Delta variant and the number of, of new cases, particularly in the big oil-consuming countries, whether that be uh, where you are in the US or here in the UK. Um, I think there's some concern about what the Fed will say at Jackson Hole this week in terms of potentially uh, starting to reduce the stimulus levels. Um, and more generally, there is sort of just a little bit of concern as we come into the end of summer regarding sort of economic growth and where things will go for the rest of this year. You talked to us a little bit about, uh, you mentioned in your notes, one of your focal points is the OPEC Plus, uh, well, which is... Uh, due out next week, but uh, they've been limited, as you uh, noted, in terms of responding to the U.S. calls for increased production. They have. We, we saw the Biden administration really push, at least in the media, and who knows what was happening in the back rooms, pushing um, the OPEC plus members to be a little more aggressive in terms of their production numbers going forward. Uh, to this point, they, they've said they won't do that. And I think that's a clear indication that they have concerns mm. around demand growth for the next few months. Yeah, I was going to ask that because it seemed like, uh, well, a big lift that we saw came from some of those production increases. It was seen kind of as OPEC's vote of confidence in many ways. I think that's right, and it took us quite a while to get to those agreed increases. You'll you'll remember they finally got to yeah. that, um, but I do think they've got concerns around demand. I mean, the the big kicker here is that we're still yet to see a recovery in aviation demand, a full recovery in aviation demand. So while industrial demand for energy may have increased, while um, some type of some levels of consumer demand have recovered to pre-pandemic levels. Certainly that's not the case in the aviation market. Okay. Let's talk about what's playing out in terms of iron ore. Uh, the latest uh, certainly became a part of the China crackdown and uh, certainly saw some price activity, volatility tied to some of the price activity as a result thereof. Yeah, we sure did. I mean, we were talking earlier in the year and iron ore was one of the best performers in the commodity market. Um, how times have changed. Mm -hmm. I think the S&P GSCI iron ore index is down something like 16% just this month. And it's looking pretty well set for probably its worst performance ever um, uh, over this month. We've seen a crackdown um, from the Chinese authorities in terms of carbon emissions. Um, and obviously the steel industry is a, is a big emitter of carbon. And so we expect over the following months that, um, that the steel production in, in China may need to fall by as much as 10%. And obviously that's bad news for iron ore. Yet on the other hand, tin, uh, you know, it continues to be the unexpected star performer, you called it, of the industrial metals complex this year. It sure is. It's not a widely traded market, but it's a very interesting one, and one that gives us a real insight into a different part of um, of, the, of the demand spectrum, and that's really the electrical goods and the consumer mm. demand. Um, and really, tin's a very important component there in terms of soldering, um, and demand has just been extraordinary. Uh, the S&P GSCI tin index is up something like 80% year to date.
You know, I guess that was my next question. I mean, uh, is this uh, reflective or is this uh, some sort of, uh, uh, you know, a vision into the future in terms of some of the trends that we can expect to see as EV becomes uh, such more, more prevalent and uh, certainly more part of everybody's everyday lives and certainly some of the changes tied to the pandemic and trends that we've seen as a reaction to or relation to uh, what we've all been through? I think that's probably the case. I mean, tin's not necessarily widely used in EV, but it's certainly widely used in a lot of electronic components. There will be other markets that we've spoken about before that are that that touch a little closer to the EV market, whether that be you know, lithium or, or copper. Um, but we're still going to need some of the more traditional commodities, such as iron ore. You know, again, to to create the infrastructure we need. For a lower carbon economy, you know, we're still going to be needing to build stuff and something like iron ore is still going to be a major part of that. Let's talk a little bit about gold. Uh, we mentioned at the top of the show how the indices, for the most part, in a bit of a holding pattern uh, as we, well, wait the cash open this morning. We've seen some interesting volatility there, but the trend to the upside remains. Gold seems to be uh, very much kind of waiting for that next catalyst as well, hovering right around 1800, struggling above 1900 yet finding support around 17 and just below. It's definitely been range brown. And I guess all you can think is that um, participants in that market really are waiting to see um, what the Fed chairman okay. says on Friday. Do, you know, is he going to give um, any indication of the Fed's willingness to start tapering uh, its economic support? Um, what is their, uh, how are they feeling about um, inflation versus employment? You know, and where do they stand in terms of um, growing worry uh, about inflation expectations? Uh, Fiona, in terms of uh, trends that we should watch in terms of the coming weeks and coming months, as far as uh, some of the metals, some of the products we're talking about here, what do you have your eye on and what should our viewers be watching most closely? As always, I think you need to be watching China, particularly okay. need to be watching whether they start to potentially change their tune on things like uh, steel input. Um, how do they feel about um, the argument of, of pollution versus growth? I think if growth becomes a potential issue for them, we may see some policy changes there. And again, uh, it's a big policy month in terms of uh, in terms of watching the Fed, and that will not only have an impact on gold, but on other commodities where where we really need to understand what the growth story looks like going forward.